Welcome to the Edgar Rice Burroughs mini podcast number six. My name is Tim DeForest. Um, I'm the author of several books on what I call pre-digital pop culture, such as uh, about subjects such as old-time radio, pulp magazines, uh, classic newspaper comic strips, and so on. Uh, I keep a blog called Comics, Old Time Radio, and other cool stuff where I also write about such things. And I am one of the three hosts of the regular Edgar Rice Burroughs pod, full-length podcast. And I do these mini-podcasts occasionally in support of those. Um, this particular podcast is going to be about the 1948 movie Tarzan's Magic Fountain. Now, there have been countless Tarzan movies. And although I think you can argue that sadly we haven't been given a truly classic Tarzan film um, that 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 really portrays the hero as he was shown in Edgar Rice Burroughs' novel, there are there are nonetheless been quite a few entertaining ones, um, and Tarzan's Magic Fountain is one of the entertaining ones. It's one of a series of skillfully made B movies featuring the Lord of the Jungle that were produced by RKO during the post-war years. Lex Barker is appropriately athletic as Tarzan, and Brenda Jones is a very pretty and a very personable Jane. Uh, the script was co-written by Kurt Syedmak and Harry Chandley. Syedmak was a great storyteller, by the way. His other works included scripts for a few of the classic Universal monster movies, with The Wolfman being the most important of those. Uh, and he also wrote a weird and atmospheric science fiction novel called uh, Donovan's brain, in which a disembodied brain gains telepathic control over someone else's body. Sidemack had a talent for taking a fantastic premise and weaving a coherent plot around it. Tarzan's Magic Fountain, for instance, has a number of elements to it that make it cool, all of which Sidemack and Chandley weave, uh, uh, form into a really strong story. There is um, a hidden civilization that has access to a literal fountain of youth. There's an Amelia Earhart-like aviatrix who crashed in, in the jungle 20 years earlier. And there's several greedy outsiders who want to find the secret of eternal youth. On top of all this, a few of the inhabitants of the city are led to believe falsely that Tarzan has betrayed their location and opt to assassinate him. Now, all of this hangs together quite well. And there are some really neat visuals scattered throughout the film. This may have been a low-budget B-movie, but it was made in an era when B-movie makers were skilled at getting the most out of the resources they had available to them. The jungle sets, for instance, are quite good, and they managed to convey a sense that the story is really taking place in Africa. A scene in which <coughs> Jane and several others are caught in a ravine during a flash flood is, is very well done. Some matte paintings used for the establishing shots of the mountain pass leading to the hidden city are effective in terms of basic storytelling, as well as being beautifully photographed. And there's a nifty-looking wrecked plane covered with foliage and the skeleton seated in the pilot seat with a snake weaving its way through the skeleton. My favorite image from the movie results from the death of one of the villains. He and a small party are searching for the hidden city and find the mountain pass. But at that pass is, is watched by guards equipped with a walking big crossbow. The villain, who wears an eye patch, is pinned to a tree by, the flaming, by a flaming arrow. Later, in a scene that would have taken place some weeks later, Tarzan and several other characters pass this location. They find an eye patch wearing skeleton still pinned to the tree by the arrow. That's just plain cool. I first saw this movie on TV when I was, I think, in my teens, and I remembered that scene years later when I finally got the movie on DVD and was able to watch it again. The supporting cast in this movie is quite good as well. 
Uh, and that was typical of an era where there were so many good character actors under contract to the studios. The main bad guy is played by Albert Decker, who, can all, who could always be depended on to be an effective villain. Watch him as a mad scientist in Dr. Cyclops from 1940, or as a crime boss, boss in the excellent film noir The Killers from 1946, for other good turns as a bad guy. In fact, those two films, along with Tarzan's Magic Fountain, would make for an odd but enjoyable Albert Decker as villain triple feature. Now, the film isn't perfect. There's too much time spent, uh, spent on Cheetah's antics in an effort to generate some comic relief. And to be honest, I'm pretty sure Western civilization exhausted the possibilities of getting humor out of monkeys sometime during the 1930s. The ending needed a little more action. It's not a bad climax at all, but Tarzan needed to spend needed some opportunity to kick some villainous butt rather than spending as much time as he did just running away. Someone else gets to doing the bad guys, which can't help but be a little disappointing. But the good stuff outweighs the bad. We have a likable, personable Tarzan. He's the uh, you Tarzan, me Jane uh, style of Tarzan rather than the Edgar Rice Burroughs Tarzan, but Lex Barker does a good job playing him. As I said, Brenda Jones does a really nice job as Jane. The supporting cast, particularly Albert Decker as the villain, are superb. The images, the imagery and the photography is good, and the story is a strong one. Uh, Tarzan's Magic Fountain is well worth your time. So once again, my name is Tim DeForest. Please keep an eye out for the full-length broadcast that I do along with Jess Terrell and Scott Stewart, where we talk about one of Edgar Rice Burroughs' uh, works in depth. And we always have fun doing that. And um, if you enjoyed this podcast or our podcast in general, please uh, don't hesitate to leave us a review on Apple on the Apple Podcast site, the iTunes site. Uh, we understand that can help generate viewership, and we would appreciate that. So um, once again, my name is Tim DeForest, and thank you very much.